If you turn your Bibles, please, to the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 24 uh, this morning. I broke my other microphone, the one that goes on my head, so i got to preach this morning and be still. So we're going to see how well that goes. Um, you know, sometimes in my life, uh, I, get, I get tired. And it's really not so much about things that are going on in my life. It's just about the things that go on my life all the time. You know what I'm talking about? It seems that, you know, one week it seems that you feel like you've gotten to the end of one controversy and uh, one problem, and uh, you feel like you've, uh, you've gotten beyond that. And then next thing you know, you wake up on Monday morning or you wake up on the next day, man, and there's, uh, there's something else going on. And it's just really the fact that, you know, things in life just seem to, to never stop. You know, it never seems to be there's, uh, there's never an end to our problems. And we would just like to fight one great battle, one great battle over the foes of my life and uh, just kind of get beyond it and be done with it. And I would like a lot of areas in my life that I struggle with with sin, I would like to come to a point where I can get over that and uh, put those types of temptations behind me. But it seems like it just seems to come every day. And the truth of the matter is, is that's what the Lord promised us. He doesn't promise us here on this earth a situation where we will not face any problems. But what He guarantees for us and what He makes us aware of is that every day is going to be a struggle. Because every day is a day in which Satan roams the earth. Every day is a day that we face the struggles that wage within ourselves because of the fallen sin nature that we have. And until Jesus comes back, and I would pray that he would come back quickly so that we would be done with all these things, but until he does, we face an everyday struggle with the problems in our life. And every day you wake up in the morning, you face a battle Every day that you dress, get in the, wake up in the morning and you get dressed, you are dressing with bat, for a battle. And you will go out that door and you will face temptations. You will face sins. You will face decisions that you will have to make. And it's important for us in our lives that we are ready each and every day for the situations and the problems, and the problems that we face. Because they're just going to keep coming. That had to have been the way that David felt in verse twenty in chapter 24. Saul was in hot pursuit. Everybody was selling him out. Everybody was telling him where he was. And, um, and he had Saul in hot pursuit of him. But then in 23, we, we learned that the Philistines had attacked another town there in Israel and Saul had gone away. He had ended his pursuit. And David may be thinking, thought that I had some relief from this problem. I had an end to this solution that I was facing, that everything was going to be better from now on. But it wasn't. And David woke up the next morning with another struggle with enemies that he faced. And so he had to make sure that he was ready. So let's read about David's day and let us encourage us to do what it was that he did. It says in verse number one, it says, And when Saul returned from, uh, from following the Philistines, 
he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of, uh, of the wild goat's rock. And he came into the sheepfolds by the way, and where there was a cave. And Saul went in to relieve himself. Uh, now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. And the men of David said to him, Here is the day in which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will give your enemy into your hands, and you shall do to him as it as shall be seen good to you. Then David arose um, stealthily, cut off a corner of Saul's robe, and afterwards David's heart struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And he said to the man, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to the Lord. The Lord's anointed to put my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David, prost- uh, so David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterward, David arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, my lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you will guide us in every day of our life. Lord, that every moment that we wake up, every day that we wake up, and every decision that we face, we listen intently. Lord, not to the people around us, not to the things that are in our heart, but we listen carefully as your Spirit speaks within us. And Lord, we seek guidance in your word. Lord, that our emotions and our feelings do not lead us into the sin, but rather we are guided by your Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So here was uh, David, he was on the run. Saul's coming after again, and he goes to hide into a cave. And there go deep in this cave. And lo and behold, here comes Saul into his cave. And Saul went into the cave to, uh, to relieve himself. So he's not paying much attention. And so he faces a dilemma. What am I going to do now that Saul is right here in the cave? He's got his head turned. He's not paying attention. He has no idea that I'm in here in the cave with them. And so Saul had a decision to make in his life. I mean, uh, David had a decision to make in his life, just like you and me face various dilemmas, various decisions that we make in our lives, some of them big and some of them small. And in every time that we make these decisions, we always have voices speaking to us, don't we? We always have voices speaking to us. And the first voices that we hear are from the people around them. And the people around us are trying to tell us what to think about the current situation, how we should act in this current situation, how we should respond to this particular problem, what way we should live our lives. And there's no shortage in the world today of people trying to tell us how to live our lives. Your doctor tries to tell you how to live your life. 
Your wife tries to tell you how to live your life. Your children try to tell you how to live your life and how to make your decision. Your mom and daddy try to tell you how to live your lives. The preacher is trying to tell you how to live your life. The politicians are trying to tell you how to live your life and make your decision. So there's all this noise that's around us, all this type of advice that we find surrounding us as we make our decision. And that's what David faced. The moment he faced this situation, all of a sudden, here comes his friends, and here comes his companions. And all of a sudden, they're saying, this is the day that the Lord promised to you. He has delivered Saul into your enemies, into your hands. So what you should do is you should take your sword, you should take your spear, you should take whatever it is that you have, and you should take this opportunity that the Lord has obviously brought into your hands and take it. It's good to have friends in our life. And it's good for us to know the people that we can trust and that we can listen to, and the people that we can't trust, and the people that we don't need to listen to. And I pray that in each of you, uh, each of you in your lives, that you have people that you can trust, people that you can call on to help you and advise you in the decisions that you make. But you know what? They can't make those decisions for you. And as much as we listen to their counsel, it's important that we just don't always follow what the crowd says, that we just don't always follow what our friends tell us, and we don't even just follow what even some of the wise people around us tell us. But we listen closely. There's all these voices that speak to us. And it's not just the ones that are speaking uh, from around us, not just the people that are speaking to us. But as we make our decisions and as we probe situations to our life, we have those voices in our head that speak to us. And some of us probably have more voices in our heads than others do. But you can just imagine, as David is seeking in this situation, as he's hearing these people talk to him, he feels in his heart all these things that Saul has done to him. How Saul has wronged him. How Saul has chased him. How God had promised that David was going to be the king and now was his chance. And so David was feeling a lot of things. And when we make decisions in our life and when we face circumstances and crossroads in our life, there's going to be this flooding of feelings and emotions that flow through our life that are trying to tell us what to do. But you know what? Our emotions are poor, poor leaders. If we just really listen to our emotions, we're going to have a lot of bad relationships. And we're going to cause a lot of people pain. Because our emotions lead us in some very, very difficult situations. Because our emotions and our feelings are locked into one thing and one thing only. That is the here and now. The, our feelings and our emotions are only locked into one thing, and that is ourselves and what's right for us. And our emotions are so up and down. We'll go from anger to happy to sad to mad to all these emotions, and they will just fling up and down, right and left, without control. 
They're like your little children after they've done eating a bag of Skittles and a Red Bull. I mean, they're just jumping up and down. And you can't really settle them. There's no rationale. It's just feelings. It's just actions. It's just all of these things that are in our hearts. And so it's very important for us to not let our emotions, to not let our feelings make our decisions for us. So we need to be careful of those people that we listen to. And we need to be careful about listening to our emotions. And so in this time, all his friends told him that what you should do is that you should kill Saul All of his feelings were telling him that he should kill Saul. But as he was grabbing at the robe to make his attack, then all of a sudden, somebody spoke. Somebody spoke. Not from outside of the cave. Not from inside of the cave. Not from next to him, right beside him. Not behind him. Not in front of him, but something on the inside spoke to David and told him to stop. To tell him that what he was doing was not right. And so I want to ask you this morning, of all the brilliant people that we have in the congregation, who do you think it was that spoke to David there in the cave? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit spoke to David. Even as the people were talking, and even as his emotions were flying, and even as he thought that maybe he was doing the right and just thing, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, David, stop. It's important always. That when we face decisions in our life, when we're trying to distinguish between right and wrong, that we just don't consult our friends, that we just don't consult our feelings, but rather we seek the will of the Holy Spirit. God gives us a lot of instructions about Scripture, in Scripture, about how we are to live our lives. But there are some specific decisions in our life that sometimes aren't handled clearly in Scripture. And so we need guidance in that. And so we ask, who can we trust? And it's important that we trust and we listen to the Holy Spirit. Because we know that the Holy Spirit is God. We know that the Holy Spirit is the equal part of the Trinity with the Father and of the Son. We know that the Holy Spirit is not just the force. We know the Holy Spirit is not just the feeling. We know the Holy Spirit isn't just this thing out there, but the Holy Spirit is a person. And the Holy Spirit, thanks to the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, is now allowed to come and take residence inside of us as believers. And He seeks to always... Testify about the Father and testify about the Son and tell us how to live our lives. And John, the Holy Spirit, is described as an advocate, as a helper. Many words that are used for that word that translate for what the Holy Spirit is to us. 
It's someone who represents us. He represents us before God. He is the representation of God in Christ within us who intercedes for us and who guides us. And many of us would say, when we face a hard, difficult time, would say it would be good that Jesus would hear. And if I could ask him what I could do in this situation or where I should go or what I should do, it would be nice if I would just have Jesus here and I could ask him and he would tell me. And the good news for us as believers in Jesus Christ is that we do have Jesus here with us. We do have God here with us in the person of the Holy Spirit living in your heart. And so the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He speaks to all of us. But many of us have learned to tune out the Holy Spirit, haven't we? I don't know about you, but I know for me, the greatest invention of all time. Now, many of you might have a lot of ideas about what the greatest invention of all time is, but I'm going to tell you right now what the greatest invention of all time is. The greatest invention of all time is the snooze button. Because it goes off in the morning, that alarm goes off, and you think it's time to get up. And you don't feel like getting up. Well, there's good news and hope because the snooze button is here for you. And you can just press it. And you get 10 more minutes of sleep. And if it goes off again, you can get 10 more. And you can just keep hitting that button as much as you want and get as much as sleep as you like. But there's one thing about the snooze button that I had to learn many times the hard way. The more times you get to use of hitting that snooze button, even as loud and as obnoxious as that alarm could possibly be, eventually if you keep pressing that snooze, eventually you learn to tune that alarm out. And sometimes that alarm can go off and I can just sleep right through it because I'm so used to tuning it out. And guys, that's the way that we are with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us each and every day. He speaks to every one of you who knows Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And you say, well, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to me. I said, no, the Holy Spirit does speak to you. But you've gotten so used to hitting that snooze and ignoring it. Now your body just tunes it out to where you can't hear it. We don't need to be like that. We need to be like, we need to be like mothers. You could just think about a mother could be with her kid, you know, at the fair. The fair's going on uh, starting uh, starting this week. And uh, you could just think about the uh, the uh, the fair. And uh, there's all these people talking about all these noise, and there's all this noise. But a mother can hear her child's whisper, even in the midst of that crowd, because she's so in tune of responding to that voice. That's the way we should be with the Holy Spirit, is that we should be so tuned 
into responding to that voice that we can hear it even when it is merely just a whisper. So David listened. David listened to the Holy Spirit. He was a man after God's own heart. That's why he was able to detect the Holy Spirit speaking to him even when he was in the midst of doing something that he wasn't supposed to do. And that touching of the Holy Spirit caused David to do some things differently. It caused him to look at Saul differently. He looked at Saul differently. He was thinking about Saul as his enemy, the one who was out to get him. But the Holy Spirit saw, spoke to Saul and he spoke to David and got David to see Saul for who he truly was. And that was that Saul was God's anointed. It changed the way to which David thought about Saul. And when we seek the Holy Spirit in our life, it's going to change the way that we think about people. That all of a sudden we don't see people as our enemies. We don't see people as those people over there. But we see people for who they truly are. And that is people who are made in God's image that God desires to save just like you and just like me. The book of First Peter, chapters 3 and 4, talks about various situations in our life where we find out, find people who mistreated. It talks about slaves and masters, husbands and wives, and workers and, um, and uh, employers. And it talked about it from the perspective of the, of the ones who are on the low end of the totem pole. And even those who are on the high end of totem pole, it says that, you know what, uh, even if you are a slave, then, then you should obey your masters because God has a purpose in you working through them and through your actions that you could win them to Christ. You could save them, to have them come to know the, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And even wives, if you are with someone who isn't believers, you should still respect them. You should still do good for them because by your doing good, by them, by your testimony, you could bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we see people differently. Not only that, did he see people differently, but he also saw his circumstances differently. He thought that he was, uh, he was going to kill his enemy. But when uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to him, he said, No, I don't want you to kill Saul. I want you to leave him. I want you to, to not harm him because I am the one who will bring judgment to you. And he's saying, the Holy Spirit is saying to David, I want you to think about this because this is something that you are not doing. Uh, you're not thinking about because, David, if you kill the king to make yourself the king, then people are going to say that you made yourself the king and you will get the glory for it. And that's just how the world goes around. You know, if there's somebody that's king that you don't want to be king and you think you can make a, make a better king, you take your sword and you get you some men and you go kill that king and now you're king and that's just the way the world goes round. 
But the Lord wanted to use David to communicate something differently. And he says, I don't want you to harm him, but I want you to leave him for me. Even though everybody knows that I'm going to make your king, that you are going to be the king, I want you to wait for my timing. Because in my timing, I'm going to bring judgment upon Saul. And then you will be king. And they will know it's not because of your might, not because you killed the king before it, but rather it is a work of God. And so when we trust the Holy Spirit in our decisions, we see it not just as an event that's happening here on earth, but yet we see it in a larger picture of how God is working in this world and how God wants to use us to work in His kingdom. How God wants to work through us to show His power and His might. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it changes the way that we think about people. And it changes the way that we feel about our circumstances. But finally, most importantly, it changes the way that we act. He goes to his men and said, Men, what we're doing is wrong. Because the Lord says that for right now, Saul is the anointed king. And when God doesn't want Saul to be the anointed king anymore, he won't be. It's not for us to decide it. So he changed his way in the way that he talked to other people about about Saul. And it also changed the way that he reacted to Saul. He didn't seek to kill him. He didn't seek to end his life. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it should change the way that we act in our life. But too many of us as believers are people who are filled with the knowledge of God, but people who are actions don't reflect the knowledge of God. Many of us think that we're close with God because of all the things that we know. Many of us think that we have a great relationship with God because of the great wisdom we have. What Paul tells us is that wisdom puffs up but love builds up. James tells us that, look, you believe that uh, Jesus is the Son of God? Well, that's great. Even the demons of hell believe this. It's not about what you know, but yet it's how you live your life that reflects your relationship with God.